0: Powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina. And broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia. It's episode 68 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, it's our annual dedication show. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th anniversary brand is consistently earning the highest scores in the industry and a top-selling humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban-seed Nicaraguan Sungro, and a dark, oily Cuban-seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrels wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars are a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Estate Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrels, Perdomo I-23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Jerry Tobacco, the authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it was one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Homestorm Valley in Honduras, Julio Arroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with Authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who still bring their very own brand to market, each containing the Authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% Authentic Corojo Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Cameron or Habano wrapper representing the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at york retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And I want to mention Agonorsa Leaf this month. Um uh, we're highlighting the Agonorsa experience and we're taking a look at Agonorsa's uh JFR Lunatic line, a line of unusual sizes and shapes. And uh Folks at Aganorsa Leaf have done a, uh, a very nice video giving an overview of the line. If you go to the Cigar Coop page on the sidebar, you can click on the Aganorsa experience and learn more about the, the Lunatic line. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on, Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. For more information, you can check out... Um, www.drewdiplomat.com and as always all the uh, live streaming for the primetime shows as well as the california studios for the primetime show sponsored exclusively by drew estate well welcome everybody this is primetime jukebox episode 68 um we are doing our first show of april 2022 will cooper here on the red stage in the perdomo studios and i'm joined uh Around the World by my good friend and colleague, Mister Dave Burke. Hello, Coop. Good to see you as always. Good to see you too. You know, I was reading the intro, like our very, and and I learned something. I guess a couple days ago that I guess the Olympics are coming into your backyard in a few years. They are twenty thirty two. I
1: believe. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, Brisbane. uh, I didn't realize that they had secured the rights to the games already. So they have. They have. I mean, I don't know. I. I mean, I don't know. It's gonna
1: be uh, me paying a lot of taxes to build things that uh, I probably won't get to see.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's um, we have LA getting them in twenty twenty eight. Um, All right. Now, the only I, I would I I don't know if I want to deal with crowds. That's the whole thing. About, I don't know if I want to go, but I do. Mm. The one thing I always have really wanted to see is the 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 closing Olympic marathon, um, that is Ah. my, and I just, you know, that's probably going to be my only time I'll ever get to do it. So I'm going to see what happens, uh, if I'm up for doing it, certainly, um, in that Olympic stadium. But I, I, that is something I want to see is I want to see that that runner come into the stadium. Um, it is the one thing I just, I've not done. It's a bucket list item.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess it'd be cool to check out. I don't know. I mean, I, I just assume it's going to be expensive, so I don't quite know all that, but yeah, 2032. So, you know, it's around the corner coop.
0: Yeah, it's around the corner now. Okay. Well, I'm not get too much into the uh, thing. LA did, did host the Olympics when I was younger in 84. Um, ah. So they, they do have, they are very well equipped. Yeah. To host an Olympics. They're not perfect, but they are well equipped that city to do it. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh I mean, Australia's had Sydney and Melbourne in yeah.
1: the past, yeah, but never Brisbane. So I don't know how this is gonna
0: right, gonna go. right. But I did notice it was right up your way. I'm like, that's right up where you are. Um, you're not actually in Brisbane, but you're in that metro area. right? That's say. right. Yeah. So it's gonna affect you somehow. It's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, but no, good to have uh, everyone aboard tonight. Or uh, this is this is probably Dave. And we'll get into it in a minute. This is, a, you know, this is one of our signature shows of the year. Um, and um, it's come over from an old jukebox. So it's like I said, it's a privilege that I've been able to be a part of this the last couple of years. Um, and I'm very excited uh, about tonight's show. Yeah, it really has been a, uh,
1: a staple, I guess, or one that people connect with the show uh, most I guess easily as people it's fairly well known. It's a dedication show that we do um, every year. Now I was we were talking about it with Hector and John, and what did they say? It was like the seventh one, I think.
0: I think it's Something the seventh, like seventh, or eighth one because I want to say this goes back to about 2014 or 15 when you started this.
1: Yeah, it's sort of it's almost in line. So we always feature the last calaveras release. Yep, yep. And the way the show falls. Is it's it's always been like the previous year because I think usually John releases the new ones around April, May.
0: Yeah, he hasn't even announced the 2022 one yet. No. So yeah, they've gotten, I think the cycle's been pushed back. It used to be like an April, May release. Now it's more like a June release, we see.
1: So we always do the previous year and because we, we always done Last Calaveras because the whole you know story behind John's cigar is that it's about uh, celebrating people have passed away within the now. He kind of has it within the last year. We're we're sort of doing it like within the last whenever, yeah. Really. Um, and if you look on his cigars, they'll have um some some of those gold shields and stuff will have initials on it for people that he is um dedicating the cigar to. Um, so that he'll always have that on the cigar. And so the cigar fits in really well with the, the vibe of the show. So we've always done that. And I think if we're seven years, I think we started doing it at the second release,
0: which was 15. Yeah. yeah and then this, have done yeah. it every year since. Yeah, because this was, they've done eight releases so far of this cigar. Uh, yeah. And um, which we're going to be smoking in a little while. Uh, but this was the 2021. This is the 2021. Yep. This is. And was a, uh, yeah. Yeah, this was a. This comes out of my father, uh, and it uses for the first time on a Las Calaveras, a Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper over okay. old Nicaraguan tobacco, um, and we're smoking the Lanceros tonight, the six and a uh, half by forty size. So it's he, yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead, Coop. No, I believe the Lancero is an exclusive to the sampler pack. The sampler, yeah. So you have to buy the sampler pack, which has the other three sizes in it. Uh, which has the uh, the LC-50, the LC-54, and the LC-48, and you, you get the Lancero in there. I don't remember. They may have done a couple of Lanceros with this blend. I don't know. I don't. I, I can't remember, it, to be honest with you. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, the first time a Sumatra wrapper is being used on a Las Calaveras. I mean, usually in that
1: sampler, they're limited. It's like always that. Um, it's not a torpedo. It's always that, like, pointed. only oh, maybe it's torpedo. It's always it's that a, like pointed. Cosa, like a bellicose. Yeah. 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 Costa, yeah. Yeah. So they usually do that. This is the like the first time I can remember of John doing
0: the limited as Lancero. I mean, I he doesn't
1: have many Lanceros just
0: like at all. No, he? he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I mean, he's done the uh I believe there was a four kicks Lancero and there was, there a, was the
1: and there was a four kicks there. He's done special editions like there's the Headley Grange drumstick. Yeah. Excellent cigar.
0: Yeah. But in general, he, but here's the thing. Um, he doesn't do a lot of, you're right. He doesn't do a lot of Lanceros. Um, no. For sure. For sure. Um, and in fact, you know, Ernesto, Perez Carrillo, also was one of his uh, production partners along with my father and Pichardo. Um, They don't, uh, I know Ernesto does not do a lot of Lanceros to begin with either. Mm. My father does some. But uh but yeah. So, but so it's, it's interesting, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's Lancero with a nice pigtail on it. Um yep. Yeah, so yeah, you had to order the sampler. I always say that the that that the sampler is probably the my favorite way to experience the line because it's quite affordable. And you get the sizes, plus you always get the limited size. So yeah. I always get the sampler.
0: I I think John over the years, John and Mike Condor of has they have done a really good job with their samplers um, mm. because it really does allow you to experience, whether it's experience the line horizontally or vertically. Um, and then like, it's, it's a great way to get a little bit of, of a flavor of it. And um, he makes enough now, like of the last Calaveras where they're not going to sell out in a week. So if you get no. the sampler, chances are you'll be able to get one of the other sizes. Although you'll want to like go quicker is what I'll tell people <laughs> That's right. because uh, but, but, you, I mean, the, I think right now they're at the right amount of production. There's a little mm. bit left over. So if you want to go back and buy a previous year's one, you can. But they're not sitting on shelves collecting dust no, no, either. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're at the right level with this. Um, and then they, they, for the last few years, they've changed the band color every year. So this one mm. is gold. I always love guessing what the band color is going to be. I, I, Yeah, I think my favorites have been... The uh, the green and the purple, I just think oh. they really pop. Um, I'm yeah, I agree. In fact, the green is my favorite Las Calaveras. Big, I think really. it's mine as well. Yeah, uh, that that was the Mexican release. Um, so yeah, but I agree. The purple really popped. The red wasn't bad either. So no, red wasn't bad. Um, so it's always curious. I, I I'm get I'm gonna go throw something really weird. He goes blue this year, so we'll see. I don't know. This Ooh, is my guess. There's been a lot of nice blue bands.
1: Yeah. Well, what's the the the. The Laranja has the, the blue in the band. Like, the yeah. band's not
0: blue, but there's blue yep. in it. But, yeah, there's blue in it. Um, Like, blue bands are cool now. It was, it was like, blue bands Ooh. used to be out of fashion. But now nice blue bands. baby band. blue band. Ooh. Yeah, now they're cool. Yeah, exactly. You put a nice baby blue on this, I think it would really pop Ooh. with
1: this. Um, But, yeah. But I, I do like, too, how in the sampler, he throws
0: in the limited yeah, size. he does. And it's, uh, it's a fun way... And like I said, it's a fun way to just get that, get something else in addition to just trying the other sizes. Yeah.
1: Now I'll be, I got two, <laughs> I bought two samplers so I could have the cigar twice, but uh, I, um, I smoked it kind of right when I got it. And then this has been sitting in the humidor. So I'll be interested in how it smokes because usually Coop, I gravitate towards the larger ring gauges in the Las Caraveras. I usually gravitate towards the 54s and stuff. Yeah. But I think those are really good. I, I'd be interested to see what this is like again.
0: No, I, I agree with you on that um, for sure. And like I said, this one's also been in the humidor. I believe we got them from the same... Uh, I think they both came from Hustler. Hustler, man. So, yeah. um, So, yeah. uh, they, They've probably been sitting for about eight months, I want to say, at least. And
1: Hustler carries the last Calavera, so... And we'll 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 give Hustler all of his. I mean, this is like a, almost like a Hustler show, really. Yeah, we're gonna but have a lot <laughs> today. But um, but if you get on his email, he gets them pretty quickly, and so you can usually get the sampler plus boxes and all the sizes uh, from him. Yep. So so he'll he'll be getting those in the next couple of months probably.
0: Yep, for sure. Once months. it's uh, yep. Well, I, I'm gonna guess they'll get that out before the trade show. Uh, usually I they try. So. Usually they they don't like to interfere. The Last Calavera's the limited release at the trade show because they usually try to launch a new line at the trade show. No. Yeah. Um.
1: But yeah. So enough of the of the Last Calavera's, but it's very yep. very yep. exciting to have this cigar. Um, yep. Coop, let's talk about. Um. Well, let's we'll, we'll jump around. I'll talk about the website right now. Harry
0: Styles. Yeah. Single. I know you're gonna be talking about it um, at the end, and the new music 45. uh, But I did hear it as well. It dropped, um, so that's big news. Uh, Last week we announced that he was doing um, an album, Mm. thus breaking the uh, the of course the uh, now or or never. The now or never, yeah. And uh, I won't spoil any of the thunder on what you heard and I heard. So, um, but yeah, that's I know we coming up with new music 45.
1: Yes, yeah, so I just want to draw attention to that. I have it. I have a review on the site. Like I think I listened to it when as soon as I read that it was out and then wrote a review that same day. Yeah. Got it out there. But uh But yeah, the album itself, uh Harry's House, I think drops in May. May 20th, I think. It uh, sounds
0: right. That sounds right. But he's got the lead
1: single out. Now now will he be like other bands and maybe release three singles or so? I don't know. I mean, right now, if you go on iTunes, the only track that's listed is the track that he released, so as it was. And all the other tracks just say track one, track two, track three. Like, they don't have a, a title, so I don't know if he's going to release more or what, what his sort of release plan is, but
0: that is that is out now. And that's that's probably the biggest music news. Uh, the um, other, I mean, the other one was Taylor Hawkins passing away, which yes. happened, which happened right after we recorded the show. Uh, we found, I found out. Um, yes, so I know you are not a Foo Fighters guy, Dave. I mean, I know that, right? Um, that being said, I, I think you can't underestimate the impact he had to that band. No, um, nor the impact that his death has had on the fans who clearly love this guy um so uh it, w- it was shocking news unfortunately i think everything's pointing to some sort of substance abuse uh with mm. this which is which is sad um but but yeah i mean he was uh he was an absolute beast on the drums D- dave um uh, yeah i mean what happened on
1: tour did it wasn't they like in the middle of a tour?
0: Yeah, they were doing they were doing a whole um they were doing a whole South American run. Damn. Um and uh he, they were in Colombia, they were getting ready to play something in Colombia. Uh and I guess he was found dead in his hotel room. Damn. Uh, that morning. They've since canceled the whole tour. Oh yeah. Uh which which is, you know, that that's understandable as well. Um but you know uh he was you know it's interesting because you look at Dave Grohl right mm-hmm. he is, he was a drummer for Nirvana when its lead singer dies right yeah and now yeah he forms his own band the Foo Fighters uh certainly having a um you know a lot of success and now his drummer dies mm. here um and also, how the Foo Fighters were supposed to perform the Grammys. They canceled as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on that. So it was, yeah. Um, like I said, it, it was uh, it was a big surprise. I guess I could no, say that. Yeah, it was very surprising. And and yeah, I mean,
1: that band's been around for a long time, and has uh, been quite successful. Just put out that
0: new record. Yeah, those couple new records. I mean, last I mean, year. he his thing was his. I mean he did some vocals too i mean his hmm. cover of, of somebody to love uh was one that was very well known um so yeah i mean he uh um i was just looking at his final performance back in argentina on march 20th at the Lollapalooza argentina so they had gone up to colombia i guess to continue the tour right uh, and uh they were getting ready for that when 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 he uh we passed. and the other thing is, that, don't forget that, I don't know if you knew this, but they, uh, Taylor Hawkins was part of Alanis Morissette's touring band mm. during the Jagged Little Pill days, and Dave Grohl, yeah, Dave Grohl saw him, and what didn't, what took a shot to try to recruit. He had another drummer uh, named William Goldsmith, and they had a falling out, so he called Taylor Hawkins looking for advice, not knowing that Taylor Hawkins was interested in the job himself. Oh, until yeah. until. Yeah, until Taylor said I'm interested and Dave said you're in like kind of and that's the rest was history after that. Nice. Well yeah,
1: that's 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 too bad and I'm sure.
0: Yeah, like I said, I know you weren't the biggest Foo Fighters guy, but uh, it was a big um oh. there were a lot of people so I didn't realize that many people knew about Taylor Hawkins when I was looking oh, at yeah. social media. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of fans. Um so Oh yeah, they're a huge band yeah a huge band for sure uh another absolute beast i've never seen the foo fighters live but he's an absolute beast mm. on the drums this guy he really mm. really uh i had tuna tuna messaged me and he says is this true oh, yeah. Is like he was messaging me. he goes is this true you know because he's a big drummer guy as you know so he mm. uh he uh messaged me and i said yeah i just saw it it's like five minutes ago i was gonna message you on it so yeah yeah it's quite surprising it was it was a yeah. You know, that was one we didn't expect to happen you know you know, no. uh, um, so I'm sure we'll be talking about him on the end of the year. Uh, yeah. 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 The, yeah. But uh, kind of kind of a little uh, I don't want to say ironic that we're talking about him on a dedication show. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in brighter news. Yes. The women have uh, broken through Coop. So they've got a lot of grief from me in, in the 90s. Men is battle of the bands here grief right. grief I said Dave what are you picking these these women they, they they lost every matchup last year right um and Dave said I'm drafting women because he believes in these women right they're he, good uh, they're good right so he picks Lauren Hill and Alanis Morris and I'm gonna bring up Dave's bracket and I'm gonna share it with everyone so if you're if you're watching you can see uh the results here so I'm gonna put up the console here the Alanis uh, set one
1: surprised me. I was a bit worried about yeah, so, uh, that one.
0: So Lauren Hill, uh Lauren Hill's uh the miseducation Lauren Hill had no problem beating Nas Ilmatic. Yeah. Uh, now I thought that was a possibility that could happen. That didn't really surprise me, right? But oh, Alanis Morissette... She's... uh Yeah, that that's surprising. Jagging a me. little pill, and unfortunately the, the length of these things truncate the names, uh crushed the smashing pumpkins in the end yes. of this. 71.4% of the vote. Now, Alanis was trailing at the very beginning, and then it was a tight matchup on day one. But what we see a lot of times is on day two, sometimes just someone totally steamrolls. And in this case, um, Alanis Morris said, I think just destroyed the Smashing Pumpkins on day two here. Uh, yeah. And thus, Dave has in his final four, will have two women. And the fourth matchup will be the Beastie Boys oh, Public God. Enemy matchup. Uh <laughs> so, so he's got the Beastie Boys uh, check your head against Public Enemy's Fear of the Black Planet. Um
1: I'm so, telling you so, so Alan, far it's yeah so far it's chalk. So far oh except Lauren Hill had the upset. That was the only upset that happened. Um I, I don't like either of their chances. No, the I round. I I'm gonna tell
0: you, I think Alanis has a shot to go to the does. I think it's going to be tough for, um, I think it's going to be tough for, um,
1: it will be tough for, for Lauren. Uh, I think Lauren's going to have Lauren a tough, we'll
0: have a tough go. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll just kind of recap a couple of other things real quickly. Hector's matchups of going chalk. Um, although the four or five, that was, match, yeah. the first time we had to go to a tiebreaker. Mm. Uh, so we basically, I just basically put the poll out there for another 24 hours. And in the and it was a tie on day on the first two days, and then on day two, Slim Shady uh, LP by Eminem beat Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, uh, so that was a very close vote as well. And Eminem moves on to face ne- uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. Oof. The other matchup by Hector was was absolute like crushed. Oh man, uh, that's uh, is that the biggest margin so far in the tournament? Yeah, in this tournament, yes. Yeah. Uh, we've had a, remember the Beatles one year <laughs> shut out the roots. And I think like, uh, Duran Duran lost, like, I forget to, Oh, to Frank Sinatra, like, yeah uh, like, and got like one vote. So yeah. it wasn't one, of, but, but, uh, Tupac was never in this one. You could have turned your sets no. off after the first couple of hours. It was over. Uh, and then Dr. Dre mm-hmm. moves on. Uh, and then he's of course going to face the big matchup with the red hot chili peppers and green day on Hector's other part of the matchup. Mm. Um I don't want to say there was I don't think there was too much other matchups. Uh surgeon, I think everything's gone chalk with him. Uh this actually yeah. I, I should say that four or five matchup with nine inch nails and the pesh mode. Ooh, uh, nine inch nails hurting. Y- yeah. But nine inch heck. nine inch yeah, but yeah, he's hurt because the pesh mode lost, Oh but the pesh mode blew the lead on day two. It was the match- yeah. pesh mode had, had the lead after the first day and nine inch nails came back and won. Uh, so the other matchups, uh, John's 3-6 matchup between Notorious B.I.G. and Wu-Tang Clan will probably be over by the time you hear this. Um, so stay tuned. And we should be finishing round one up by the end of this week that you're, that this is broadcast. Uh, my mm-hmm. last one was uh, Metallica. I've had two like non-competitive matchups so far. Yeah. Uh, Metallica won easy and uh, Santana destroyed creed so yeah. No real surprises there. Um so I I I have this weird feeling that Counting Crow is going to upset you too. So uh I mean
1: I think they'll have a good showing. It's just that that album is so strong the U2 record. I mean It seems like there's a U2
0: backlash after last. Year. I don't <laughs> know. That's why I'm wondering. It could be. Yeah.
1: There's definitely a, a Cigar Do- Dojo U2 backlash.
0: Yeah, he didn't. Jojo hasn't like interfered with my bracket this year, which is good. <laughs> uh, so, which is good. So, uh, get out and vote. Like, you know, it's funny. Like, I'll just say this: people like, well, I want so and so shouldn't win. Well, did you vote? No. No. Uh, so, well, vote. <laughs> Uh, you gotta have a Twitter account, that's the rule. So, I mean, I can't, I yeah. can't, you no. we're not gonna take a. I, someone said, Can I take a man? No, we're not taking a manual vote. You gotta put no. it out, yeah. manual, yeah, well, manual. Yeah, well, you get some strange stuff. I said, Well, I uh, mean, if you don't have
1: a Twitter account, you know, go to your friends, say vote for me, mm-hmm. vote uh, in absentia, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So. Uh, battle, like I said, we'll be uh, the magic will be continuing throughout the month of April. Um, and like I said, once we get through round one, we're more than halfway done with the whole tournament. The other rounds Mm. tend to go much faster, so it will be we'll have a crowned winner before you know it,
1: right? I'm excited. I, I uh, feel vindicated for picking those two. I think what helps, at least with the women artists is that we're focusing on albums. Yeah. So people might look at it and be like, oh, you know, maybe Smashing Pumpkins I like more as a band, but man, that Alanis Morissette album was so good.
0: That's a tough album to just, like I said, I agree with you on that. Uh, everyone knew that album, uh, but the key thing I've I noticed with these things is who goes out to vote for who. So yeah. that's always the key thing, and some people sometimes um, they they try to do I don't know. They try to go against someone and vote. And I don't think that usually that usually backfires.
1: Mm, well, hey, the uh, they both won. So they yeah. both broke the uh, the curse.
0: Yeah, they both broke the I mean, big two. So the women are two and zero this year as opposed yeah. to being winless last year.
1: I Uh-oh. don't I don't think they're going to. I mean, you said a lot more set. Maybe I don't see Lauren Hill beating Radiohead.
0: You know, the, the weird thing about Radiohead, Radiohead has had an awful record in this tournament before this. Year. <laughs> now it goes back to an album, like you said, so it kind of changes the game a bit. Uh, so I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I like I said, uh, the seedings have been, everything's been going to chalk so far. So I think we, everyone drafted and seeded very well. Mm, um, mm. So, you know, and Hector, that four or five matchup, um, Again, into the mode, and uh, you know, that was a very tough loss for Hector there. That's I'm tough. sorry, no, no, it was um, what was it? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. It wasn't the pech, it was uh, Hector, that was the um, Snoop Doggy, the Snoop, yes, and Eminem. Eminem a and Snoop Dogg. I'm sorry, yeah, Doggy style, yeah. Uh, come on, Snoop, where were Snoop's fans in the end?
1: Man, uh, but developing palettes review of the week, I. What, I listened to the I was this isn't much the review because they reviewed a couple of cigars yeah. um, this week, but I more I listened to the follow up to the to the to the War Bear Fallout.
0: Yes, they had John on, uh, on uh, on Hustle Podcast, the Hotfoot Podcast. I don't know how I got to talk to those guys. First of all, I don't know how they patch someone in on that, right? But they're using <sighs> the fact that they're using Facebook Messenger is like guys. There's got to be a better way to do that. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not the guy to tell you that. But I mean, there's better ways to do it than Facebook Messenger, because uh, John's audio was unfortunately horrendous, right? Yes. So, so I don't know how. Like I don't know their setup. So in fairness, I don't want to pick up. But yeah, but that was unfortunate to John's audio because. Uh, and the other thing is, um, I felt they they kind of focused on John, which I think was a good thing and a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. so the the good thing is John didn't have to explain like Seth Aaron yeah 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 but the bad thing is there were probably a lot of things that those guys said that probably should have been answered as well so and John should not have had to take the whole brunt of that thing either
1: but you know he came on he stood up defended his his score
0: he defended his score Uh, it was very well uh, and look, first of all, good job by 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 Mike and Mike, right? And yeah, John, yeah, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing: how many guys just like they read the review and like they looked down at the score? Oh, I got I got like an eighty-three, and they're pissed, right? They actually did take the time to go through and break down point by point. And John, I think countered every one of them extremely well, um, mm. which which was which was a good thing. So I, I thought, like I said, I think it was I I thought it was good entertainment. It's just what you expect from those guys. Um, now I'm gonna be. I did smoke the war bear box press compared to yes. the round, so I'm in agreement with the with developing powers guys. I think the rounded one is better, however, yeah. the box press did not have the same amount of age on it as the rounded mm. one, so it's kind of unfair for me to make a comparison. But at least initially, I'm, I'm a little more in the rounded camp. Uh, I'm not as hard as maybe those guys were on it, they were a little harder on this start than I thought.
1: Oh, I love it, I love both of them to be honest.
0: Well, actually, I think, um, I think I'm putting that round of War Bears is, is the best Postani I've had, and possibly one of the best sueño cigars I've had. So, hey, whoa, yeah. it's really a good cigar. I mean, obviously, it's great sueno cigar. So, that's uh, some very high praise of that. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's a great cigar. Um, but no, I like that he came on and stood up. Yeah, would have been better if the audio was was better. Yeah. But.
0: Uh, yeah. But- yeah, John wasn't aware they would use that type of setup either. So no.
1: But he, he went out and did it. He uh he stood up for the score. you gotta appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, they did. And it, it was, I think, like I said, it was uh it was some good it was, it was some good podcast uh, moments. So that's right. Definitely check it out. Um
1: now we're on to the dedications mm-hmm. and the cigar. So the way the dedication show goes, if you're the, if this is the first time you've listened, is uh, we have dedications that people sent in, people in the industry, listeners, you know, sent them in, and basically, Coop and I uh, collate them into a Google document so we don't miss any, and uh, just read them off, kind of go back and forth. Um, the thing is, if we miss you, sometimes we miss some, either because it got sent to our junk folder and we didn't see it, or maybe somebody wrote it in a comment on Facebook and we didn't get to see it because we only started taking them off the email. If you think one of you has got missed, like, oh, I remember sending one in, or maybe you sent it in before you printed it out and recorded, you sent it in after that, um, you can email us cigar jukebox gmail.com or you can email coop with hey you missed my dedication and we and we'll say it on the next show we just or if you're like oh I missed the debt I missed the cutoff I've been meaning to do one I don't I have to wait till next year no you don't no you can just send it in That's get it fine. in.
0: yep we'll get it in for you uh if you want to wait till next year it's totally fine some folks just like to do it during the show if you want if we miss you or if you just want to get one in just get it to us uh, we'll get it on the air
1: because it's one of those things, Coop, where you think to yourself when you're listening to podcasts, like, oh, yeah, I got to do that. And then, like, life gets in the way and you're doing this and you're doing that. And all of a sudden you kind of, you know, forget. And Yeah. But that, that's all right. Yeah. So I'm going to kick us off mm-hmm. with probably the two originals that sort of kick the whole thing off. Which was my dad and my wife's dad, my father-in-law, um, who both passed away kind of within weeks of each other yeah, in March, seven years ago. Um, and so I'm going to do dedications to them. Now, this is sent in by uh, – we'll do my father-in-law, Joe, first. This is sent in by my wife, Anna. um. Now, he was, he's a great, great guy. Like, always had time for everybody. Um, very sort of Australian guy, Coop. He liked his uh, football. And he, li- he liked right. his uh, meat pies. And, you know. Nice. Very sort of Australian yeah. guy. Um, wasn't a huge music guy, but had, like, the handful of people that he really liked, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so the dedication to him. Is and I'm sure we'll be getting this artist again. Is uh, Frank Sinatra with "My Way"? Oh, beautiful. Goes song. out. Yeah, goes out to Joe. Uh, it seems on this dedication show that Frank Sinatra seems to be a very sort of uh, personal artist for a lot of people. on these he, dedications,
0: and he did. And I think with the previous generation, people really connected with him. Uh mm. he's a part of. The, like I mentioned, Saturday with Sinatra is a part of our lives, and I think a lot of people connected. I mean, I know I've used him for a few dedications as well. Um, mm. Yeah, so I just think that he had a connection with people on that, and that's why it's mm. it's very appropriate. It, I mean, your wife. This was uh, this was from your wife. This one, right? This yeah, song? yeah. Is she a Sinatra person at all?
1: Yeah, we got Sinatra. We got Sinatra on vinyl, oh, baby. Oh,
0: oh, okay, good. Okay, because sometimes I see people dedicate Sinatra and they're not necessarily a Sinatra fan. So oh, no! Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so he would know. He yeah. was a
1: Rat Pack guy, like he liked Dean Martin. Oh, he liked I would love to hang guy. out
0: with. I would love to hang out with him.
1: He was also Coop, a uh, L.A. Dodgers fan. Wow. So because when he was growing up, he could get on the radio. Here they played would play baseball games, and they would play like the Yankees and the. Yeah. what well, at the time, I think it was yeah. like the Brooklyn Dodgers, and he just yeah. sort of followed them and uh, unfortunately I don't, he he passed away before he could see him win the the World Series be always a big, big Dodgers guy.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Um now my dad now my dad was, was a huge music guy. So I think I got I mean I still have in my collection here I probably have 80 records of his, I
0: would say. Oh wow. And he
1: had we had he had to, we had to get rid of a lot because unfortunately um, when he was sick, they weren't really stored all that well. They kind of got moldy and right. Um, but we managed to salvage a good portion of them, so that sort of legacy lives on. Big music guy, um, like the show, was a fan of the show. Oh, wow. uh, I joke around that like, um, the, uh, there's no no accomplishment in my life. Did he? Uh, value more than when he found out i interviewed david savona from uh cigar aficionado
0: oh wow like fr- fr-
1: like family of mine had no idea that i like you know graduated college
2: <laughs> stuff right. but they
1: knew i right. interviewed dave
2: Savona. right yeah
1: like all these other things he's like yeah whatever i told him i interviewed dave savona he's like you interviewed dave savona yeah so a big cigar aficionado guy <laughs> um So the two the two things, two songs I got for him, I got Bob Marley with Zion Train because he had the Uprising album, which was a big uh, album for him. Um, And he was a huge Bruce Springsteen guy. And I got my Bruce Springsteen tour shirt on. for When Bruce came out to uh, Australia. Oh, wow. So the the other song I picked for him is uh, Thunder Road. Oh, nice. By Bruce Springsteen, because. It's a great track. He was a huge Bruce Springsteen guy. I mean, he was a huge music guy in general. Um, but really liked Bruce was sort of the main one. And uh, and yeah, so those those two will uh, will kick us off. And I'm going to America in December.
0: Yes, uh, and I'll we, get to we, visit everybody again. Yeah, we'll be seeing you. We'll, uh, we have the big uh, I guess the one day we're going to be doing Minneapolis. Um. So I um I, with Matt and Garrett and there may be other guests coming in. So who knows?
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll see um, there. There's been others that have been expecting an in- interest. I'm going to hang out with Matt and Garrett the whole weekend. I said, even if your trip gets canceled, I'm going to go is what I said. <laughs> so well, yeah. hopefully, yeah, I guess it's there'll hard be to no tell. more variants or anything. Exactly. Exactly. But you never know.
1: And, and just as an aside, as we're doing the dedication show, I do want to acknowledge that the last couple of years have been tough for people. Who's I know like a friend of mine experienced this. I've been talking with people who have had people pass away because of in, in Australia anyway, probably there because of restrictions. They've had to put off wakes. They've had to put off funeral services because people can't make it because they're out of state or people are sick. Yeah, and it's been really difficult for people who've had loved ones pass away like in the last year. Or so
0: yeah, my wife's uncle passed away as well, um, and mm. we've affected by that. And I think. I mentioned that yeah she couldn't even go to the funeral.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been tough. Yeah. Um so I'm going to hand it over to you Coop.
0: Yeah. Um thanks. So Dave, I think what I'll do is I have 3. Uh I'll keep with the theme of the fathers so we don't lose kind of the flow. And then one of the 3 I'm going to save for cuz another person has the same person. So I'll, I'll do that. So I'll do, I'll do two, but I'll start with my, my father given, um, this was, you know, keeping the themes of fathers. Um, and I'm glad Dave, you know, in a lot of ways that, you know, obviously it's obviously tough you lost your father and father-in-law that close. Um, and a lot of ways their spirits carrying on with, with what we're doing here. Uh, so, you know, they, you know, that's something we can look at and smile with too, you know, um, for folks who were asking about my father, he did die suddenly on March thirteenth. Uh, he had a coronary uh, heart attack. Uh, he had some other health issues, but we there was nothing that was life threatening at the time that we thought, at least. But he did die of a heart attack, so I did lose my dad. He was seventy six years old. Uh, I've told, I've talked about my dad a lot on this show, because my dad um, had a. Uh, he he took over the family limousine business, which had a contract with CBS Records. And I've talked a lot about the people, like his connections with Michael Jackson. Um, I talked about last week Barbara Streisand, Cindy Lauper, Ray Charles, uh Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, he he uh and the funny thing about this was he didn't really appreciate what he was doing until much later in life. Like it wasn't a big deal for him when I was a kid when he, he he got to know Michael Jackson, but as he got into his like fifties and sixties, I think he realized he had an opportunity of a lifetime that, that no one else had, you know. So it, it was something he was very proud of. Um, what you need to know about my dad is he uh, loved three things: he loved his family, he loved animals, and he loved cars um as far as the cars go he mentioned he turned he was passionate cars collected cars he was proud of his cars uh my dad would have sometimes eight to ten cars all right at a time he would buy when he was able to do this right he would buy a new car and instead of driving it he'd keep it in a garage for several years the idea was he wanted to have this new car with low mileage but he never drove it right but eventually it just like then he just got bored of it and sold it, right? Uh, but he loved cars. And then when he when he got out of the record, uh, like when CBS Records canceled the limousine contract, he decided to get out of the limousine business. He got into auto sales. He became very successful with Lincoln Mercury, and with Lexus, won numerous sales awards. Worked his way up to a general manager's position at a dealership, which uh, he had no co- he had very little college education. My dad, so to do that was an amazing accomplishment. Uh, my dad was a kid, Dave. He was, he was the oldest adolescent you would ever meet. He was a kid. Um, I remember when my grandparents were alive. They lived in a um, they lived in an apartment building. Uh, and I think I talked about the one near Coney Island. And my dad would go, "Hey, let's get some water balloons. Let's make some water balloons and throw them off the terrace on the eighth floor." And he would do that. <laughs> we, we would throw water balloons. Like this is a grown man. Th- it is later. Th- he, he loved it, right? Now, he wouldn't go hit anybody, right? That wasn't, that wasn't really the goal. But, but this man would, would, would throw water balloons out there, right? He, he loved diners, okay? Uh, and he demanded the best service in a diner. Um, so, because he gave his customers the best service possible. And he expected ah. that in return. And you did not want to be around him if it wasn't A-plus service, is what I could just tell you. Um, you would cringe. There are a few diners that I would never go back into with him because uh, he complained about the service there. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, so, and, uh, you know, so my dad, uh, he was my confidant for a lot. Um, a lot of ways he was my best friend uh, outside my wife and kids. And, uh, you know, I probably once a year will do a dedication for him on something. But I picked a few songs, Dave, uh, this time. Um, so my fir- so first thing is, what did my dad like for music, right? He was a doo-wop guy, okay? He did not appreciate the Beatles. Let's put it like right. that. Right. He was, especially when the Beatles grew their hair out, right? My right. dad was the clean-cut doo-wop guy, right? Um, and he loved his doo-wop music. In fact, when I picked, I had to pick up his car, he had doo-wop CDs in there, right? Um, I picked a doo-wop song in honor of my dad, and it's perfect for my dad because I mentioned he's a kid. So I picked the boy from New York city the, by the ad libs. Mm-hmm. That's like the original sixties doo-wop version of it. It was made famous by the Manhattan transfer, which is a jazzy yep. type band. Years later. But I picked "The boy from New York city, uh, a perfect song for my dad. Right now, my dad wasn't a huge fan of this second band. Right. But the name got him interested mm-hmm. in them. It was cars. Right. So I was trying to pick a car song and I really just kind of said, uh, I thought good times roll was was maybe mm. it wasn't my dad's type of music, but that was, you know, we had a lot of good times. My dad. Maybe. Mm. So I kind of felt, you know, good times roll. It was it just kind of fit in with the whole uh, mood of things. I added a third song uh, four. I added this one, Dave, and mm. I um, it's by the birds. Turn, turn, turn. Yeah. Now. Again, my dad wasn't a folky guy. However, we had a pick when we were doing. I, I just realized this this morning. Um, we had to pick like stuff for the memorial, so we picked mm. something from uh the Bible. Uh, we had to do, and it happened to be from uh, ecclesi ecclesiastes, ecclesiastes, right? Uh, and it happens that that was verses from ecclesiastes. Which I knew I was going to butcher that or uh, mm-hmm. were used in the song, turn, turn, turn. So you have to, right. you have the lyrics, a time to be born, a time to die, a time mm. to plant a time to reap a time to kill a time to heal a time to laugh a time to weep. And I just kind of, I, I, to me, it was like the ultimate reflection song for my dad in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, because, mm. you know, you, you kind of go back and, and you want to kind of memorialize his, 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 everything he did in his life. Uh, and I think that's kind of a, a a good one to. I thought it was just a. I had to add it in there. Um, like I said, I don't think my dad would have ever been at a birds concert, but I think he. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, the final song, and Dave, this, this, this is a song that was most, made most famous by Elton John, but it's not hmm. on. It's not on Spotify. There's another version of it, which is sung very well. Right. Uh, and it was. This was. This, this song actually was made famous in Rocky Five. It was the closing song of Rocky Five. It's called The Measure of a Man. Um, and, you know, it's just... How can I put it? This song, I just felt, was everything that summed up my dad's life. Uh, my dad, in his later years, should have lived a very golden type of retirement. He didn't. Mm. Uh, fortunately, he did go through some, some of his money, which, you know, um, but you know, I always felt there was a he had a very unhappiness with his grandchildren, um, his his brother's family, uh, his nephew Michael, um, you know, obviously me, me, uh, my sister, and he found some love late in his life uh, with his companion Margot. So, uh, you know, I kind of felt Measure the Man kind of deals with the part that there's a line in the song that says you had to lose so you could win.
1: Mm. um
0: and he says you have to rise above your troubles while you while you can now you can love now you can lose now you can choose that's the measure of a man so those are the four songs i i i picked from my dad this year oh great tracks coop yep thank you it uh yeah. it's interesting how
1: like you know songs that were written you know forever ago can still like have lyrics in it that that connect with like, you know, present stuff and people yeah. and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. And it was um, it was interesting. I was really struggling with like narrowing this down. And then I said, uh there was so many thoughts going through your head. Um, mm. you know, I have to get something like, like it was funny. I was like, well, maybe I could pick drive my car, but I knew my dad hated the Beatles, right? So <laughs> I like, nah, he'd be pissed if I picked drive my car, even though it had the name car, but but the cars I remember he was kind of interested when they came out, but it wasn't like his type of music, but the fact that they were, the band was called the cars. He liked it, you know? So, uh, nah, I, well done. Yeah. I have one. So I have one more dedication. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, big Scott cunius Uh, he was a tobacconist of mine when I moved to Charlotte, uh, became a, uh, my, my, Trusted tobacconist became my trusted friend. Um he uh big guy, big happy guy. He loves cigars, he loved our shows. He was tuned into all the shows. Um, unfortunately, last spring he got COVID. Uh, and he passed away from COVID. Um, Scott was uh a very he was a spiritual guy. He was a religious man. Uh he had a lot of faith. Um and I picked a song by a Christian artist. I think this just really summed up Scott. Uh, the song's called Friends. It's a song called Friends by Michael W. Smith. And there's a line in the song that I think just sums up Scott. It says, and friends are friends forever if the Lord's one of them. Mm. I said, that's Scott, man. That's just like, it just, it just was perfect for Scott. Um, I miss Scott a lot. He, uh, like I said, admit he, he had, Moved to, from Charlotte to Virginia, so I hadn't like had personal like contact. But like I said, he was tuned in every week to our shows. I mean, he tuned mm. in, um he would always be tuned in when he can, and if he couldn't tune in, uh, he certainly watched the replays or listened to the replays. So, um, unfortunately, he did pass away uh, from COVID. Uh, he was having some health issues prior to COVID. Mm. Um, he had a bad infection, a staff. I think it was a staph infection he had in his leg. Uh, oh, wow. so he so he was yeah, his his immunity was uh he hadn't been able to smoke for, for months. And I remember he bought the guy bought my Battle of the Band sampler pack. Remember that sample right. pack? He bought it and he couldn't even smoke it. I mean that's oh, how no. that's how like, yeah, that was the type of friendship he had. Um and uh, you know, I was like, you know, I was I said I'll go up to Virginia, I'll smoke it with you if I have to. Um, but mm. um, I don't think he ever got a chance to smoke it because, like I said, then he contacted COVID last spring. So, mm. um, unfortunate. But, yeah, Scott, I miss you very much, buddy.
1: Mm, nice dedication, scoop Thanks for those. Sorry yep. about uh, being a uh, large – lots of people lost this year.
0: Yeah, I mentioned my wife's uncle as well. I probably – I was you know, I, I should include him as well. I'll, I'll throw the Sinatra one my way for Uncle Joey. Uh, as well, mm. because uh, uncle that was again, he was Uncle Joey did things his way, uh, yeah, and he, right. was, he, he was my wife's father's brother, and uh, and he passed away from COVID as well. So, I should mention him. And like I said, I have one other name, but we'll save that for who did that dedication, and I'll do my song then.
1: yeah, save that, yeah, yeah. Well, next up is Hector,
0: this is Hector Alfonso, friend of the show, and you, know, you know, Dave, yeah, Dave, let ahead. me make one more comment because this one, yep. so it's kind of this year, you know, we were doing the 90s madness. It's Hector, Surgeon, you and me. And obviously, three of us four have had, you'll see, because Surgeon's going to have one as well, lost some very close relatives. And obviously, you know, you lost your very close relatives which started this. So, I think there's a little bit of a bond this year with this, but I'll let you go ahead Mm. and talk about this one.
1: What's interesting, I think there's a like this year, I think there's a close bond because i think a lot of people like you were saying with a person that'll come up later there's a lot of common people like people that have had a lot of friends in the industry and stuff that have passed away so there's sort of a lot of common people between people as well um, which is which is interesting which is is, uh happens sometimes but it's, it's happened this year um but we have hector now hector's Dedication. He says this is uh, for his brother Fabian Alfonso who died on September 9th, um, 2021 at 50 years of age. I think if people follow Hector they would have seen a post uh, about that around the time. Uh, My brother was special needs. He was born with Down syndrome and was the glue that kept our extended family together. He was all heart and loved everyone. We were blessed to have him as long as we did. They aren't the healthiest children. He had many secondary health issues but was quite robust for most of his life. From one day to another his health issues just ran together. He had seizures which led him to being hospitalized. He managed to come home a few times but entered the hospital in July and while uh, again looked like he was going to return home took a bad turn on Labor Day weekend and died with all of his family at his bedside on September 9th. By the end he was uncommunicative and there was no way to know his feelings. He hung on for us, mainly for my mother. He was her son and companion. I know he didn't want to leave her, but I knew he was tired. He had endured more than he should have. He deserved to be at peace. I knew before all of my family that he was leaving us. Maybe I was the one to accept it. I don't know. But it fell on me to tell them the inevitable. They didn't know the many nights I sat at his bedside and told him it was okay if he wanted to go, because we would see each other later. He went when he was ready, he was tired and he wanted to go. He was my brother and I loved him. I would like to dedicate the Smiths asleep to my brother. I want to remind him that I will see him later. Hector. Yeah. Thanks for that, Hector. It is always I guess I mean, it's really difficult, I think for especially with some people when they get Illnesses and things, and it's sort of this roller coaster of in the hospital, out of the hospital, in the hospital, out of the hospital. It takes a real toll on the family. Um, but it's it's good that I think that we're celebrating um Fabian's impact on his family. It sounded like he had a very positive impact on Absolutely. everybody he came into contact with. Absolutely. So thank you for that, Hector. Well, well,
0: beautiful words, yeah, Hector. Good job.
1: Well written as well. I think. Good job. Good job. Hector sent this in. Um, I think a little bit after we announced dedication. So I think he's sort of been was working on it for a while. So yeah, I appreciate that, Hector.
0: Yep. Thank you, Hector. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess I've gotten to know Hector personally. I know this was a very rough time for him mm. during that. Um, so yeah yeah or feel for him you know kind of one of your family, mm you know in a lot of ways when one of your family hurts, you know you hurt a little too
1: so coop, would you like to take the next one It could be whatever you
0: yeah um, you like let's go um let's go to Chad uh, and I'm sure this is tad Chad cheek chad, right, mm. Mm. Uh, we have, it's all right, Chad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, long time uh friend of the show. Uh, I got to meet Chad actually uh, last month, and Chad writes in October 2021, unexpectedly lost my aunt Val, who is my godmother. My mm-hmm. uncle was the oldest of my mother's siblings. Him and my aunt never had kids, and they always treated me like their kid, and was the reason why my parents made them my godparents. They were big music people having records, 8-tracks, cassette tapes, and CDs. Music was always blasting through an awesome stereo they had. We would sit as a kid on their porch on summer afternoons and evenings, looking out over the fields and just have the windows open, blasting all types of music. Those days filled me with all the music history I ever needed to know and my love of music. As I got older, I lost my mother. My Aunt Val was the person I danced with at my wedding, Uh, for my mother's Sundance, I also lost my father years later and they became my parents even though I was old enough and was on my own as funny as it sounds she was the biggest moody blues fan ever so for my dedication I choose the moody blues Tuesday afternoon to remind me of those days as a kid sitting with her and my uncle listening to all types of music looking out and just daydreaming while the music played thanks Dave and Coop so that was Chad well thank you Chad that's a lovely story it is uh very similar. Just my mom had a very similar experience with her parents, by the way, where mm. her aunts became her parents, uh, mm. and uh, my those two aunts were like my kids' grandmas. So I, I totally get a family connection like that. Um, and great pick by the Moody Blues, by the way. Moody Blues had a lot of fans like who were older. Mm. They kept their fan base like people in their seventies would go to Moody Blues concerts. So, yeah, good pick.
1: No, yeah, no, it's uh like I said, excellent story. Very uh, it's 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 just interesting to sort of see that relationship like over time when he was a kid dancing, yeah. when he's an adult, and
0: yeah, and, and you can see that you know those stories. I guarantee, and I'm not trying to put words, but I can see Chad telling you know, future generations mm. about these stories, you know. Um, and if I, I just he kind of wrote the part that really got me was like, it was a little thing, records, eight tracks, cassettes, and CDs, the whole gamut. Mm. It was a whole gamut,
1: mm. yeah, yeah. Oh well, uh, well yeah. good on you, and Val. Yeah,
0: okay. God bless.
1: I have another one now. This one now, I don't know. I think this would uh, have impacted the. Uh, how about the cigar guys as well? The next one I'm going to read. This is from Daniel. Okay. Uh, Daniel, I hope you're well. I would like to dedicate the song "The Thrill Is Gone" by BB King to Steve Conroy. Steve worked at Stogie's on Grand in St. Paul, Minnesota, for 17 years. I bought my first cigar from Steve, and he became a good friend throughout the years. Steve worked every Saturday morning at Stogie's, and you could always count on two things. That Steve would have a smile on his face, and that good blues music would be playing. The Twin Cities has a very strong cigar community, but our community really took a hit when they lost our brother the leaf, Steve. Thanks, Daniel. Wow. I know I know the How About That Cigar guys are pretty... Um, are pretty uh, locked into the whole Minneapolis Saint Paul uh, cigar scene, so they probably have met, you know, Steve along the way at some point.
0: I'll assume so. I don't. I they haven't mentioned it, but you know, again, I haven't. They haven't mentioned a lot of people up up there that they know, um, just because you know it's Minneapolis. But but yeah, I got the impression from talking to those guys that they are a very, That's a very tight community in the Minneapolis mm. Saint Paul area. Um. So you know, it, it does seem like they have a. You know, Aaron Nielsen just went up there last week, and uh, oh right, yeah, he was hanging with those guys, and he had a wonderful experience. So I, 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 I can see many at the same points. A lot like Charlotte, it's probably a, it's not a huge cigar community, mm. um, just and especially Minneapolis. I'm sure taxes and stuff don't help, but I'm sure that the people who know each other they have bonds, and uh, maybe they don't all smoke together, but there's probably a mutual respect that people are among them to say the least. So, um. And and it's like it's another person where this is just like Big Scott, you know, you mm. your tobacconist is not just your sales representative. Yeah, um, it becomes a lot more than that. Um, you you build you build friendships with these guys, and and suddenly you don't think of them as your sales guy anymore. You know, you don't think of yeah. them as the employee just no. in the store. They become a part of your fabric and a part of your family, so to speak.
1: And then seventeen years, Stogie's on Grand is a big shop, so. He probably would have, um, you know, had this friendship and touched a lot of people Yeah, with, with with such a big shop and being there for so long. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, th- good, uh, thanks for dedication, Daniel. I'm sure other people are feeling the same way in uh, St. Paul, in the cigar community. Share yeah, your I'm sure. sentiments. Absolutely. I'll let you... I'm up.
0: Um... Okay, I'll go, I'll go back. you want to
1: do the um, the one that you have, the person where the one you have in common?
0: Yeah, so I'll do that one. Um, so, uh, Barry DuPlessis, a member of our team. Uh, people know him from Primetime Special Edition. He also from Art Takes His Show. Does some writing for Dojo and has been a guest on this show. Um, he lost a member of his family and a um a very good friend and we act a mutual friend of ours um so you know bear is bear is very um he he's a great guy he's just a wonderful good-hearted person um and like you know he he was one of the people there when my father i, I told him my father died, as were you and a lot, hector john and a lot of folks so um but Bear is also, he wears his heart on his sleeve a lot. And I know when he's hurting. Um, and certainly, um, he, uh, his aunt, uh, Lynn Purvis, passed away over the past year. Um, and uh, I know he was very tight with his hands on that one. And I know this one hit him hard, for sure. So, um, you know, you like I said, when when one of you, you know someone and they grieve, you, you feel for them and you pray for their family just as much as everyone. I'm not sure why he picked this song, but um, I can imagine it was because of maybe communication, but he picked a song by Blondie. It's a, a great song called Call Me. Um, and I'm sure it was because, you know, Bear's really good at keeping in touch with folks, I'll say. So mm. uh, I'm sure him and his aunts had a, a good... Uh, I don't I don't know more of the reason. He didn't give us more of an explanation on that one. But uh, certainly we want to put that dedication out, uh, Call Me by Blondie, which I think is a... a Wonderful song, by the way. It's a uh, just it's a feel good song. It's one you could smile about, you know, in a, in, a, in a case of something like this happening. Uh the second one, uh, and we both had this one. Um, Gabriel Alvarez, and if you don't know the name of Gabriel Alvarez, uh, he he was a member of the cigar industry for a long time. Uh, he was married to Grace Soto Longo Who also for a while was in the cigar industry She worked at My father's Cigars Then she had her own brand for a while With uh, Etichera at CLA um, So Gabriel though um, Gabriel had an interesting career In the cigar industry Because the every time he went to a job His job was to launch a brand in the US That wasn't there So the first thing he did is he went to a company um, called uh, Kootz, which was a series of brands out of Honduras um, that were introduced um, into the, the U.S. market. Um, and his job was basically to introduce these Honduran brands under the banner of Kootz. Um, and he started doing that, I want to say, um, in 2000. Let me see, twelve or thirteen. Um, but Coots had uh, they had a brands called they had a line called Coots, they had a line called Miro. Um, they had they had a lot of different offerings, and they had a little bit of some. Uh, they were making some uh, headway in the U.S. market for a while. Um, I'm just trying to do with two other brands they had um, out of Honduras, but they, they were the, the brands were coming from Campania, Honduras. Hondurina de tobaccos which Coots was like I said, a. US distribute market Oh placeris reserver and tobacco Zapata uh, tobacco Zapata was a Ramon Zapata's brand who's a guy who's known in the industry uh, Gabriel eventually left Coots um, and he went to a company called Maya Selva cigars. They're mm. a company that's a juggernaut in Europe I mean they're like they're like what Padron is to the US okay right um, Selva is huge in Europe. But they didn't have any footprint in the U.S. So Gabriel was really the first to kind of introduce that footprint into the U.S. He started introducing the Florida Silvers, the Kumpays, Um, Those were all under Gabriel's watch. You know, when Gabriel was there, he, he kind of convinced them to put a Toro size into the U.S. market. They didn't have a Toro size, you know, when they came mm. over. Because Toro is a U.S. size and it's not really as popular in Europe. So Gabriel, again, had, was, he was tasked with launching a brand in the U.S., um, and did a very good job at it. Then he went to a third company called, uh, you may have heard, Casa Cuevas Cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casa Cuevas Cigars, they've been making cigars in the Dominican Republic for decades. Um, they have a factory called Las Labas. They make cigars for um, Gurkha. They made cigars for Tarano. They made cigars for Sam Lucia.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: they made, they made the, in fact, uh, they made that, um, I believe they made the fire-cured black uh, for Sam. Uh, but they decided to form their own brand called Casa Cuevas, which was the scars they were going to sell in the, uh, under, you know, directly uh, to retailers. And uh, they hired Gabriel to introduce that brand into the market as well. And again, I think in all three cases, you could say, well, Gabriel may not have got the chance to finish the job. He certainly left each of those companies in a better position than when he started. And I think that's something mm. that no one can take away from him. So he was very good at being this guy to kind of introduce the brand. People loved him. He used to be a retailer in South Florida. Okay. Um, so I kind of thought that's who Gabriel was, if you didn't know. Um, and like I said, he uh, left behind. And here's a, here's a really tragic thing is what I'll just say. Um, Gabriel died a week before his, uh, his first son was born. All right. So he had two daughters and. I remember there was a social media post when he found out he was having a son. And he loved loved his family. And if he had another daughter, he would have been thrilled. But he was jumping up and down like when he found out he was going to have a son. And the son, uh, his name is Gabriel Tomas Alvarez. And I'm sure he's going to carry the spirit of his father going forward. Um, Bear and I both knew him very well. Bear knew him better than me um, to some extent. Uh, Just because Bear, again, is the guy who keeps in touch with people a little better than I do. Um, Mm. So, you know, he was out of the industry for about a year. He died in a freak construction accident, by the way. It was a very freak. Right. So he, yeah, this was sudden he died. Uh, Like I said, right before his son was born. So um, Bear picked the song Voices by Chris Young. A beautiful song. Um, I went with a different song. I went with uh, Sebastian Yatra. Uh, called Taconius Rojos. And it's a collaboration song with John uh, Legend. So it's kind of a Latino mm. song. And, it's, and here's the thing. Gabriel loved music, right? He loved Latino music. And I know he loved John Legend. And that song brought the two of them together. So it's a great song, Taconius Rojos. And I hope I'm not butchering the name. But uh, it's a great song, by the way, too, um, if you haven't heard it. So I thought that was uh, appropriate to pay tribute to, to Gabriel. Um, if you pick any song from, my, from Miami, he loved that. He was just part of that Miami scene too. Gabriel, uh, it, would, it would go as well. So a little wordy, but just wanted to kind of bring the two of those together there.
1: Nice, good work. Yeah, it sounds like he would have uh, was fairly well known in the industry then. A lot of people would have uh, yeah would have known him. Yeah.
0: Uh, Seth and I did his very first interview on Stogie. Game wow. When he was a coot, yeah. So uh, and Bear and I did our first interview together. Um, with him on uh, special edition number three, so it's kind nice. of weird. Like, like, yeah, my first interviews with uh, those two guys. Uh, in fact, that was the first time I interviewed someone with Seth when he was a Coots, and it was the first time I interviewed someone with Bear when he came on the team. So there's kind of a little bond with that too.
1: Nice. Well, wow. it's nice that you have this person comment. Thank you, Bear, for sending those through. Yep. yep. I have this is a friend of mine, and a listener to the show. Um, I featured actually I uh, featured a cigar that he sent me. This is uh, my friend Gare, my friend Dave sent me some cigars from the Cross, and I had one. I had that Aliva anniversary on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, that he sent me. Um, right. And this is for both his mom and his dad. His dad passed away a couple years ago. Uh Gary was his name and the he's big Johnny Cash guy. So I'm dedicating Man in Black from Johnny Cash. Where uh I? Gary was a big guy. I mean Dave's a big guy. Uh like, you know, just like like six, four, like a mountain of a man coop. Oh wow. But he was, you know, always, you know, really nice. Um he would he would always sort of be around. He'd he'd be interested in how you're doing. Um, great guy. Um, and then his mom. And unfortunately, because of COVID, I couldn't be in the states for when this happened. So I'm gonna catch up with Dave when I go, when I go uh, in December. But his mom, Felicity, passed away um, this year, and she was in. Like assisted living, she had was, you know, was getting Alzheimer's and um, dementia and, and passed away, uh, which made it very difficult for them to visit during COVID because of all the restrictions around those sort of aged care centers and stuff. But they were able to visit near the end of her life. Um, she, my, my friend's a big, as uh, a Harley guy, and at, at like, I think she was like, 50 maybe even over 50 maybe like 55 or something and he was gonna go to the big rally in Sturgis and she like got a Harley and like went to the rally and then like got rid of it like immediately after (laughs) um but no she's the best she's like a second mom to me uh I would I would you know see her all the time and she um she's from Australia Coop oh wow so at Christmases and stuff I would send her all this Australia stuff
0: so it's kind of, yeah, it's interesting, kind of a reverse connection you have there.
1: Yeah. yeah. So she she uh, loved it. She, she I think, I mean, she was in America forever. She I mean, unfortunately for her, I think she only really got to come back to Australia a couple of times. Um, but, so she grew up in the Sydney Rocks area. People from Australia would know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's like uh, the Sydney area and then moved out, met Gary, moved out to America. And she's in America for two like 40 years or
0: something. Oh wow. Uh,
1: and then you know, it was funny because my wife came when we got married, she came to America for the ceremony and stuff. and of course, my wife has a huge Australian accent because she's lived here all her life. right. And I I, I go, oh, well, you gotta meet Felicity, you gotta meet Dave's mom. like you know, my second mom basically. right, right because I've known Dave since he was in like second grade. Um and so we went we went to meet her, and you could tell Coop, like the longer they were talking, the heavier Felicity's Australian accent got.
0: Right, right, because they're comfortable <laughs> talking, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of funny. So she always so the song I want to dedicate to her, this is an Australian like iconic song. This is from an Australian singer, Peter Allen. Uh-huh. And the track is I Still Call Australia Home. Nice. Because you know, even though she was in America, and now has passed away. Now, like Australia, always be her, her first home. And you know, shout outs to Felicity, because she's the best.
0: Beautiful, That's a great story. I didn't, you know, and like I said, you you had this Australian connection before you met your wife, which was. Now, did you meet your wife in the states, or did you meet her in Australia? In the states. Wow. She was uh, visiting the states, and I met her there.
1: And wow. Then moved here, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, but uh it was funny because I'd send her I would send her like Vegemite and all this stuff. Cause my <laughs> cause my friend, because Dave loves Vegemite because she would like raise him on it, you know? Right. So I sent him Vegemite all the time. And now his kids love Vegemite. What Even I though Vegemite, you? if you've never had it, is like
0: <laughs> I've never had it. Like, oh man.
1: It is. It is strong.
0: Oh right. I mean, I only I know of it from the uh from the song by uh, Men at Work.
1: Yeah. I'll bring you some uh, a Vegemite sandwich, Coop. I'll I'm bring in. you. Uh, I'm in. I'll bring you. I'll bring you. I'll bring you some in uh, cracker form. Okay. Because that's a bit more palatable yeah. than, uh, than the straight up out of the jar. But no. So, so shout out to Felicity. Still call yeah. Australia home.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we got,
1: we got one more, Coop.
0: Yep. Um this is from the surgeon John McTavish. Mm. Mm. Um and he goes I'd like to dedicate a song to my mom who would have just had her 81st birthday and passed away last year after a long battle from a stroke and cancer. If you mm. could dedicate a Patsy Cline song for her, she was a big fan of old time country walking after midnight. Brilliant. Great song, yeah. He uh, I know John really I mean I know it hit him hard in the last mm. year. Um he was very close with his mom i i knew they were for a while she was having some health problems um mm. as he mentioned here and uh, yeah so um you know losing a parent you know, it's um and, you know it's never easy
1: No, and it's i think it, it sounds i mean it sounds like it would have been and i don't know but from a stroke and cancer i mean that would have been a rough a rough go there yeah. You know, the health health issues and stuff like that. I,
0: I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, I knew she wasn't doing well. Um, and then I know John kind of like me, he retreated for a little while from mm. everybody. And I think something you have to. And I kind of I kind of actually when John did that, I kind of said, I think I'm going to do that as well. Not making this about me, but I think, you know, sometimes you just need to kind of reflect and stuff like that. And I'm sure it mm. was, uh, John was very close with his mother. Um, sure? no. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a uh, you know, my my heart feels for John right now. So, mm. And uh, yeah, and it's
1: hard too. I think when it's family too, because and you almost have to retreat for a while because when it's family, it almost becomes like all consuming because it's like you got other extended family, and then you, you might be trying to like manage them coming up and visiting, or you're trying to find ways to visit the your parent and it just becomes you know it just sort of takes over
0: yeah yeah it it does it does um and you know you want to you want to preserve the memory you want to make uh you know give them a good you know kind of closure i don't i you know i guess you know when you Mm. you you're making arrangements and stuff like that it's hard i just like yeah
1: it's hard yeah
0: it's um and um You know, and I go back again when when one of my friends are grieving. You know, I kind of grieve Mm. with them because they're they're kind of like my extended family here. So um. yeah,
1: and I think the hard thing, the reason why we done did the show like for all these years, is that you know we're sort of like a podcast family. Everybody out there listening to the show, writing in, and it's hard too because you have people grieving like Dave, Surgeon, Hector. And it's sometimes there's not a lot you can do. Like you can't fly out there. Maybe you can call them and talk to them um, with some people like Chad and Daniel, like, you know, they're, they're big listeners and, you know, I haven't really met them. So this is our way to sort of like, you know, kind of give a forum for people to share their stories and, you know, get a bit of, cause people have written back and said, they've talked, they've, you know, played this episode for other family members that don't really listen to the show, but like yeah. the dedication, and they find it really uh, a really good yeah. way to celebrate people. So it's sort of um, it's a good way for everybody to come together. I think who, yeah. who wouldn't be able to normally.
0: Yeah, and you know, I this is probably I get this is one of more nerve wracking shows I do. Not that I, I I do get a lot of um. Okay, but it's very it it moves me, but you know, you're people are trusting you to kind of tell the yeah. story or deliver the message and my big fear is did i misrepresent it and like uh, you know i hope i didn't if i if i did i apologize and i'll certainly make it right but i, I hope i didn't uh, but mm. it, but you know they're trusting you with, with this and that says something to the bond we have with our audience too um you know and it's appreciated you know people um and if we can give them a little something that they could just have um you know um like I think it's something that, you know, if it puts a smile, reminds you of a memory. um, It's like, you know, the whole concept of behind Las Calaveras is just it mm. celebrates the life, you know, in a lot of ways. And that's a, that's worth the phase. That's what we're doing for what we've been talking about tonight for all these folks.
1: I think, uh, and this is sort of where the whole thing came about. Originally, yeah. it was like, well, how can I best, you know, celebrate these two people? I got this podcast and they yeah. like music, so I do that. And then I was like, "Oh well, the listeners—I mean, they might have something. Yeah, you know, they might, you know." And so it sort of has grown from there. So thanks for everybody who's shared with us. We we really appreciate it. We hope that you know that being part of the show, you know, helps you celebrate these people as well.
0: Yep. Thank you for again, as well. And like we said at the beginning, if you have one that you thought of now or just or well, we missed it, Uh, one comes later, just get it to us. We're happy to do it. Um, and, you know, certainly we could, we could do it on any of these shows going forward.
1: Now, there's no easy way to transition into the closing out of the show. So we will uh, do it by talking about the cigar, the, the other part of the show, the Las
0: Calaveras.
1: Mm-hmm. And how are you? How are you finding a coupe?
0: A very good cigar. Um, and um, it's it's sum- Sumatra is not one of my favorite rappers I'll be very honest but uh this is an enjoyable Sumatra uh it's it's got a you know at the beginning I was getting um some chocolate notes in this thing mm. they've subsided it's gotten a lot more wood woody right now um mm. It's not the Aaron Loomis musty wood though uh it's not <laughs> the aggressive cedar it, it's it's a nice wood note I'm getting and it's being balanced out by some some pe- a little bit of pepper notes now. Some of that residual sweetness from the cocoa is still lying around here. Mm. Um, it's very well balanced enough. Um, the, I think the Lancero is solid in this. I don't know if it would still be mm. my first choice, but by no means is this a Lancero miss here. Um, No. I I, I think, it, I think, like I said, I think go back. I think the last car does smoke better in the bigger ring gauges consistently I've noticed over the years. Mm. So from what I've heard, one of the other sizes already. Yeah, but um, I, I'd smoke this again. I'd buy this again. I buy another oh. sample to get another one of these. So uh solid. I mean it's just a very good cigar. Um enjoying it.
1: Oh, that that residual cocoa note is an excellent point, Coop. Yeah. it starts off pretty strong and maybe it's the age, I don't know, but it starts off with this great and then it sort of just like goes in the background but
0: still there. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Here's um, the thing: I don't know if I would have wanted it to stay there the whole time. No. Um. So I think, like I said, I think what's happening is it's allowing some of the other flavors from the tobacco to to kind of come out here.
1: I don't. Um. I don't know if it's because of the age, and obviously, like age did wonders on this cigar because it's smoking great. Yeah. Um. But I find this and I'm interested. In what you think? I find this to be a bit more of a subtle, more nuanced. Calvary's in previous years like I thought I mean maybe not the 2015 but uh the 14 and then the 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 green especially were a bit more flavor forward a bit more um and this is a bit more dialed back but but like I guess uh really has a lot of subtle flavors that work well together as opposed to like a very flavor forward bold uh, blend
0: yeah it, this is I would say just under medium body mm. it's coming in at so it's not very heavy flavors on the palate per se the, but the fla- but the nuances are very good and they're going to deliver you a satisfying experience but I agree with you on that it's definitely a more subtle blend than what we've seen on I'm trying to think of you know probably of the previous seven yeah you know, this is probably the most subtle and this is why I think again when Sumatra's overpowering with me I don't like it so mm. um, that's why I'm kind of positive on. What, I I like this better than the four kicks cap bar special. Which okay. A, so I do like this one better. Um, but it's a great. I mean, it's a great. I mean, here's what I would say: is if you can get of these sample packs, uh, and you're a Lancero Ooh. fan, you're gonna love this cigar.
1: Yeah, you gotta find it. I yeah. mean, it is, Com- and it's smoking great.
0: What construction? Construction's great on this thing. Uh, just great draw, great burn. And um, the tobaccos, like I said, there's no youngness with any of these tobaccos, Mm -hmm. which is what I like now. I didn't smoke it right away when it came out, so I can't say how it was off the truck. But what I can say is there's no youngness with this cigar, which is uh, I I did
1: smoke it right off the truck just because I knew I was going to smoke another one late, like for the show. Right. And I think it's that cocoa note has really developed well Mm -hmm. because. You don't get I think what you don't get is that really subtle second third where the wood right. comes in and the cocoa. It's a bit more like it's, it's a bit more, I guess, segmented, like first, third, second, you know, like it's like, yeah, OK, now the flavors change. And now, you know, and now this one's gone. And whereas now it's more than more of a blend together, I guess.
0: Yeah. You know, woody profiles—that's uh, what I find. Uh, you don't get that blend together. And I, I go back. Mm. Aaron calls a lot of this note, like some of those wood notes, the musty wood notes. Mm. Uh, and I, I tend to lately, you know, just from reading his reviews and talking to him now, I kind of have that in my. Head. There's nothing musty about this cigar. Which, uh, and that musty's not necessarily bad all the time either. But but this one is. It's like I said, it's, it's a balanced cigar. Uh, it's a good blend out of my father's cigars. It's a good addition to the Calavera's line here. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: I mean, and I was just thinking of the last Developing palettes review. I can't remember the cigar off the top of my head. Oh, it was the wick, I think. Yeah. Was it? Oh, it the wick. It, is it? And, and they're talking about that it, it went out a number of
0: times. They had they had to relight. The I, I, had, I had burn issues with that cigar, too. It was a shame.
1: But, like, Coop and I have been talking on the show, doing these dedications, having a chat. And, like, I haven't had to relight this cigar once. Like, I haven't, I haven't... even had to touch it up.
0: Yeah, if I touched it up, it was Cosmic. You know what's interesting is we were just talking about a small black pepper note starting to come now in my tongue.
1: God, this is a good cigar. Yeah, it just, If you it's, can it's find the sampler,
0: it. pick it up, man. I mean, I don't know who else, who would have them still. I mean... I would check, you know, some of the bigger catalog companies may still have them.
1: May, yeah. These maybe, the samplers
0: sell out quick. The samplers tend to sell out yeah. much quicker. So I if, mean, maybe
1: if, your your local might have had a couple, like, fall through the back, shelf or something and you might be able to find it at your local brick and mortar but if you can man you know pick it up because this this uh and i hope he makes more lanceros based on this yeah to be honest because i think the lanceros that i know of is you got the 12 honest men which is a jericho hill which is really good that's a good um yeah and then you have like special editions like you said the the uh the four kicks one, I think, was like a H Town cigar or something. Yeah. And then, and then they had they the did have zero zero
0: Yep. Um. um yeah, these yeah. are sold out everywhere. By the way, I'm just looking. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you if you
1: can hit, if maybe your brick and mortar has one. Maybe your buddy bought six of them. <laughs> he has an extra one.
0: Yeah. What I would advise is when the when when Guns Calaveras 2022 gets announced, get button? get on the sampler thing right away. Hmm. You'll I'm find the like other it. one. You'll find the other one. Yeah, you're
1: gonna like it. You're gonna like so you it. You mine as well. But uh, but I hope John does more Lanceros. Then I mean, because this is smoking great.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, I would say this is as good a Lancero. Like I guess I thought the 54 was better, and that was the other size I smoked. Yes. At least I thought the 54 was better when I smoked it, and that was a while ago. But this is, I'd go buy another sampler to get one of these. Um. There's no, there's no issue with that. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um. I would definitely, I would definitely not hesitate on that one for sure. I'll be interested to see what their next uh,
1: special edition size is because the Bellicoso, I think they did that for like, jeez, like maybe three years in a row or something. So I'll be interested to see if he does Lancero again, or if he goes back to the Bellicoso, or if he does another size.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually curious about what the next wrapper is going to be. Um, my mm. my gut tells me. He might go Nicaraguan Puro with the next rapper. Okay. Um, that's just, I have no prior knowledge of this, guys. Um, but he's gone. These are the rappers he's gone. He's, uh, 2014 was Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro. Mm. 2015 was Ecuadorian Habano Rosado. That
1: was probably, 2015 is probably the other one that was the more yeah. nuanced one.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 2016 was Connecticut Broadleaf. Yeah. 2017 was Ecuadorian Maduro. Mm. 2018 was San Andreas, Mexican. God, I love that cigar. Now, in 2019 and 20, they went back to Ecuador and Habano with Squirrel, but I think the blends were different in each of those yes. cases. So, so they were different blends, even though they had the same wrapper. And now he goes Sumatra Escuro Squirrel. Maybe they can go with a, a Sumatra Claro with the next one, too. Maybe. Uh, uh like I said, I, my father, I have not, I, it's hit or miss with their Sumatras. Um, same with Pete. Right. Some of his Sumatras I like better than the others. Um, I guess the Sumatra in general, it's not even my father. I, I'm just not a huge Sumatra rapper fan. Right. So unless it's like Cameroon or something like that. But they did, they, you know, this is a, this is a solid, this is a solid cigar. Uh, hey, but, yeah.
1: Cameroon is hip.
0: Yeah, I don't know Dude. how much my father uses Cameroon. <laughs> That's the whole thing. And the last Calaveras, they've kept that out of my father the whole yeah. time. Um, And I imagine that they will keep that one out of my father.
1: Connecticut. Would you ever do a Connecticut? They did Connecticut. Like shade.
0: Uh oh, Connecticut Shade, that's a good one, Dave. I didn't even think of that He's yeah. done a
1: Connecticut Shade cigars.
0: And my father does Connecticut Shade, yeah. Um that would be the other one I would look at, yeah. Uh he could go to Connecticut Shade easily. Um and do that. Uh they could, so um Yeah, or they could go Nicaragua Abano could be the other one I could see them using. Mm. Um Hey, well John, if you need rapper ideas. We're, we're here for you we're, we're here for you but uh, we, we, have con- <laughs> we have we have confidence you, you probably know a little more about this than <laughs> so, so uh i would so, say so so uh no i wonder a, if you would ever do a, a, a last a last cal short because he does a lot of shorts that would be a good one to do um just kind of put that one in there you know my father does a ver- like my father in the ladies's u line they do a petite robusto size which i think yes. is incredible. Um, so a petit robusto would be another cool size to do. In that, Uh I think it does be- a lot of them. Yeah, or a lot of
1: shorts anyway.
0: Yeah. The only the only um, size I haven't seen Crown Heads do is is Perfecto Salamone. Have they done Perfecto?
1: Mm, I don't think so.
0: That's the one size I'd like to see them eventually tackle. This is a company. Mm. I can see them maybe working on, but I don't think I don't think they would do it unless Calaveras. I think they would do it. No under some of the Pachardo stuff. I mean, with the last cover, he seems to
1: have sort of the core sizes and then the limited edition is where he sort of experiments with different stuff.
0: Yeah, and, and you know not it is? It's not this, it, even though it's like he has Robusto Toro and, and Toro Grande or Sublime, yeah. right? They, yeah. they tweak the sizes a little. They tweak it, yeah. Sort of blend, and I think that's what I really appreciate. And, you know, you go back to the 2014 I actually liked Imperial. like that became the lot Imperiosa blend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, we've talked about he got a lot of criticism for that. But the different sizes he did in the Imperiosa. He and did, I yeah. think and I think it's a better those be- I like those sizes better. Mm. So I you know, I was just talking to someone last night who told me like they just they discovered La Imperiosa for the first time. And I'm oh, like, that's, that's, so that's the old La Calverse line. And I'm like, Well, well really, yeah. Mm.
1: Uh all right. It is cigar hustler time, coop. It's new forty five time.
0: Yeah, because uh, we mentioned cigar hustle at the beginning. Uh, we were talking hustle about their time. yeah. We talked about their A Cigar Hustlers podcast, uh, which they host. But they also are a uh, great retailer out of Deltona, Florida. I will be down there in May, guys. I already told you guys the, the dates. Oh uh, yeah. So we'll be on vacation there in May. Uh, so I look forward to uh, seeing them. Uh, and going to the store, which I really like going to that store um, because, like I said, it's, uh, they have a great humidor, great lounge, and there's great customer service there. Uh, I know my dad would love their customer service because it's A-plus, right? Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, and if you can't get online, then go to uh, CigarHustler.com. Oh, mm. If you can't get to the store, go online to CigarHustler.com. Uh, get on their mailing list. You will get uh, the announcements of all their cigars. Uh, If you're LCA fan, uh, they have it and they they go out on the email and you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to get them uh, before anyone else. And they carry their Postani brand as well. So, uh, you know, uh, great folks. Uh, Mike and the team do an awesome job there. So check them out. And when the last Cal comes out. You got to
1: get that sample boy. Fast.
0: Yeah, Dave got it right away. It showed up at my house, but but by the time he told me he got it for me, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: it,
0: uh, email fast, like, guys. Email them fast. But yeah, you want to get that one fast because that sells out.
1: That sells out quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check them out. I just got. I'm getting some. Cigars. I just got some cigars from them, Coop, and it's coming in the mail tomor- uh, tomorrow. What did you get? I right. got knuckle or uh, knuckle sandwich. Right. Which I've had in the Toro. I got the Robusto from them. Uh I got some Roma Craft Neanderthals. I got some Le Petitsier. God, I love that cigar. hmm Um and I can't oh, and I got uh I got uh the Perique Stillwater. So the the that pipe one. Oh in, okay. the, in the Perique. The I think it's the 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 Bayou or something.
0: The Bayou, I, Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I I know that, like, I think developing palette guys aren't that keen on, on that line, but I find it so interesting, the whole
0: pipe tobacco in a cigar. I don't know. I, I had to get it. I had to try it. I agree. I, now, you, you just got your cigars from me. So there's, in there was the Paladin de Saka. I had that cigar. What did you think? I think... That it's too expensive.
1: <laughs> I I think I think I would rather what while I was smoking it, I was thinking to myself, I would like this cigar in a smaller size. Yeah. And and that's a me thing, because I don't I'm not a big Churchill guy. Yep. So I found in that cigar the same problem I have with a lot of Churchill's and that it started off really well and then it ran out of gas for me. Yeah. So, so I, I love the blend, but I, but I think I would go like a Toro or a Robusto in that blend.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, see, I'm not a Sin Compromiso guy. So mm. I think if you're a Sin Compromiso guy, you're going to appreciate that Paladin de Saka. I really do. Um, interesting thing is, so Sock at the end of the year released – he had three releases. He had the Stillwell Stars, right, which are a pipe tobacco ones. He had the yeah. Paladin de Saka. And then he had the Mi Corita Tricky Tracker in that 4x48. Yes, and I'm telling you, the best of the three was that me tricky chakra and the four by forty-eight. Well, that that firecracker. It's similar. That, to, it's similar to the firecracker. That's why it's close to that size. I gotta
1: get that. The uh, I like the Ace Prime one too. This the um Sergeant was it?
0: That was the one I sent you, right? I thought you would really yes, like that cigar. That I was did. One, that, that was one of the highlights of the trade show. Some people did not like that cigar. I'm gonna be honest. Palates didn't like it. That, wow. all that <laughs> well Well. <laughs> I, I really liked it, it. I liked it, too. I thought you were going to like that. I think that's a great line. I hope they bring it back at the trade show this year. Um, I thought it was a great line, but I think they did a great job, Luciano, and the team on that one.
1: I think maybe put it in a different size. I mean, yeah, maybe the ring gauge is a bit too big for people, maybe.
0: Yeah, I think so, it's too. What,
1: 58?
0: Yeah, I, I would like to see maybe a more classic Robusto in that size. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually... Uh, also at that factory and from crown heads i have the review i think it will be up already by the time the show airs um the um the lost angel ta cigar from last year was finally reviewed oh um it's a good cigar, cigar. it's a good cigar um it wasn't uh ta cigars in general haven't blown me away but uh it was one of you know it's a good cigar so i mean i buy it and smoke it again so
1: this year seems to be the the best year of the TAA in a while like because Pallets had a couple on their list, like the CLE one. And the what was the other
0: one? Uh, th- a, Did they, they have the Placen- Los- one? No, they had the, the CLE. There's like three of them. They had three of them. on. Oh, Los the, the,
1: the uh, Hoya Hoya one.
0: The Hoya one they really liked. And yeah. with, I don't know if the Los Angeles was the third one or not. I forget. I think they
1: really liked that one, too. But I mean, it, it seemed like this year was a bit more positive than
0: previous years. Um. At least for them, I've been I've had a couple of disappointments so far in what I've been reviewing. So I did not like the Kristoff one at all. The box press uh, six eighty five mm. and J.C. Newman released the. Um, the brick house in these yes. vintage blends, and I thought they were aged out too much. I think they had too much age on them. So I think the
1: difference is like I would
0: buy a regular I buy a regular brick house over those is what I would say.
1: Uh, now, before we get into the new music, I'd like your opinion on this, coupe. Do you think the difference is when people blend one specifically from the CAA as opposed to like just grabbing something off the shelf and saying, here's your TAA cigar? Like, here's one we've been sitting on. It just yeah. seems that like some of the cigars are like, here's one that we've had in the factory for a bit. Let's put a TAA.
0: That's exactly and Some of it them is. are
1: blended like specifically for the TAA, it seems like. There's a difference there.
0: Right, so there's a few things. So I think there's certain companies that do... Take the TAA releases very seriously. I think certainly you got to put Crown Heads in that release, right? Yeah. They 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 really do. They treat it as a as a. They don't they they, they It's a project they develop, right? It's a concept they develop. They work on blends. I think they do a really good job. I would put Pete Johnson in the same category, and I probably yeah, put Lef- twice, yeah. and I put Lafleur into that. But then there's other ones that like okay they come out with a size, and the size really isn't the best representation of that blend because you know they would have came out if it was so good they would have released it um yeah then there's companies that like use the TAA as a test ground and I think the the company has done a really good job like CLE actually will do that sometimes they'll put a blend out to the TAA first they didn't do that this year but in previous years they have done that and they see how it works and they decide if they're going to bring it regular and La Polina has been doing that several times too which I don't think that's a bad approach either um to do that you know so I think um you know, I think from that perspective, um, there are but there's like other ones where you could just tell like, what do we got? What do you got in the factory sitting around? Uh, yeah. And uh, sometimes what happens, you know, what they do is the other times I've seen this happen. I don't want to call it names, but they have like, you know, when they, whenever you come up with a blend there's like different there's like all there's different iterations there's different alternatives. And I think sometimes yeah. they release those alternative blends as a TAA release. Um, so it wasn't, you know, and in and, and a lot of cases, I think there's a reason why that wasn't selected as the mm. the, the blend of choice there right now. So, mm. um, I, I could definitely see that being a, a factor. Um, I don't think the retailers do a good job at like accepting what, um, like, I think they, I think the TA needs to be more involved with what they're like when these mm. when the manufacturers bring it to the convention. I think they should already be familiar with this stuff. And I think they should be like the floor one year had the retailers literally vote on the blend, which I love that they did that. Right. That's it, crazy. But that's a great way to do it. Right. Because, mm. um, you know, OK, so they had these iterations. Right. But they they're giving you the choice of of which one it is. And, and I think one of the choices is they like if you didn't like it. Right. You don't have to take it. Um, but, mm. they took, but they took it. But yeah, I think that's um, that's a problem as as well with that, um, because. Yeah, I said. I think it's, now there's a lot of TA releases, so they get diluted. By the way, the third yes. cigar was the Lost Angel uh for Developing Palace. Number God, nine.
1: I love that cigar.
0: Yep. The fact I oh, had three I was... TA cigars in their top. Go-through. Yeah.
1: That Hoya cigar too. I got that cigar. Oh, that was good. That was a very good. I've had. I, and I have I've a, had some of the other. I've had some of that line, but not the TAA release. And that's i i I'm going
0: to be reviewing that in the next few weeks. So good I have cigar. that one, yeah. Uh, I usually wait to review the TAA cigars until they all come out. So mm. once they're all out, I review them. And I try to do it with the same amount of, like, age on each of them. So yeah. that's why mine are a little slower going out. Uh, I just try to make sure with that. But, yeah, that was the Crown Heads was the third.
1: Speaking of waiting for something until it comes out. Side A is Harry Styles as it is the single before the album comes out. Yeah. as it was, as
0: it lead was. single. Yeah. for
1: Harry's house. Uh, and I, I see your comments. I have a, I have a, a thought on the spoken word bit in the beginning, like the kids talking to him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll hold off on that till, till we get to that. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love I, in my review, what I
1: want you to do, listener. Is listen to this song, right? And then right afterwards, listen to Aha's Take on Me and listen to The Cure's Closer to Me.
0: Wow, great.
1: Listen to all of them in a row.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very 80s inspired track, this song.
0: De- definitely. And that's why I think why I was pulled to Harry is how he's been retro into that.
1: The other thing with this song, which is different from Harry. So Harry did the first record was very 70s influence, which Coop and I both loved and want to do a record yeah. uh, album archaeology on it. And the next record was just straight up pop with some singer songwriter stuff in there it was kind of a departure from that. And now this is heavily 80s influenced. And the other thing with this Coop is this song's only two two minutes, 47 seconds. Yeah, which for him is extremely short.
0: Yes, I noticed that too. Like I,
1: the, and I don't know if that's to like make this the the lead radio single or what, but it is really short for him.
0: Yeah, it's it's very short. Oh, uh, for sure, I was uh, surprised about that too. Um, um yeah, but, I mean, but it, it was, is yeah. so good. It was great. It was a great track. Um, it will hook you very very quickly mm-hmm. it really will hook you um so it's not like one of these songs where you got to listen eight times to kind of get it right it's going to get hope. you right out of the gate this song uh and at the end of that song they do he doesn't like what i call hybrid rap at yeah. the end of the, which i thought was really well done now the beginning yeah. of the song i don't understand the, the first couple of <clears> seconds <throat> of that song with the the kitty voice like you're gonna have to okay. explain that to me because because that, that I'm like when I when I hit I'm like God please no right
1: and this have... is this this is the only thing I can think of right. right so in the beginning of the song if you haven't heard it there's a like like a kid sounds like the kid's like six or something. Yeah and he's like uh it's like like oh Uncle Harry we want to say goodnight to you and then it goes into the song. Now the only thing I can think of is this is a single right taken out of context. So it could be because it's called Harry's House is yeah. the name of the album. Yeah. So it could be like a whole theme around home and family and stuff like that. And maybe the previous song to this on the record ends with some sort of kid talking about whatever. And then it leads into this song. Is the only thing I could think of.
0: Okay, I could buy that. I can definitely buy And that will be interesting to see because I just didn't understand it.
1: <laughs> so... Yeah, on its own, it's like, what is going on? So, <laughs> <laughs> so so I think it's part of
0: I a concept
1: that. of the record. Yeah, but on a single, it sounds weird because you don't have
0: it. Just like the, it didn't make track sense. ahead of it. It made no yeah. sense. Yeah, and I'm like, what is this? I'm like, and then once the song gets in, like, oh, this is it's gonna hook you right away. So, so I
1: could, all I can think of is that some songs that are like that, some singles that are like that, the previous track has some spoken word bit that then bleeds into this track. Do you know what I mean? And then sometimes that spoken word bit out of context is like, I don't understand what's going on. So it might make more sense once the record comes out. I'm hoping.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think that's a a fair point. You know, Harry's got a big load on his shoulders with this one because he's got now we've talked about this. How many artists put out three commercially successful and critically acclaimed? You can say both commercially successful and critically acclaimed three, three in a row. It's very hard to do that. It is hard. So this is, I mean, this was a good sign is what I'm saying, though. What, what I heard is this could be very good, but we're going to have to see what the other tracks are, certainly.
1: Oh, this record. I'm so excited for this record. Um, and you can read my review.
0: Yep. So I won't on. get into,
1: like, why I love the song so much yep. other than it's fabulous.
0: Yep. It's a very good song. Um, I like it. Yeah. Oh.
1: Uh, And my next one, I went with a
0: score. We don't do scores a lot. No, I know. This is a good one. I, this what a good one, too.
1: But I did the Batman. It's from G Kino, who did, who did a score for The Lost Show. It's probably the one he's most well-known for. Is, uh Lost Show, he did the score for that. Um, I think this is one of the best superhero scores ever. It is amazing. It's
0: really good. It's really good. If you haven't heard this, folks. Oh. Have,
1: yeah. And in the theater, oh, my God. So, I just did the Batman's theme, which I think... Well, Gio dies... Is it sort of like Peter and the Wolf where different characters will have like their core musical theme that then when they come in the movie, it sort of gets like uh, reprised and twisted around. And so sort of like whenever Batman's in a major scene, like part of this original theme will come up. It's sort of like like if you did Peter and the Wolf, how like each animal has their own instrument. It's sort of like a similar thing uh, where like the Riddler has Ave Maria, Catwoman has her theme. Batman has his theme, and they sort of all come up at different points during the movie in different ways. Um, but this is like the, the the core Batman theme, and it's just like it is brilliant. I love it. Um, so check check that out. Uh, the movie's three hours, so maybe <laughs> the song. If you don't want to sit through the movie, and we haven't mentioned Dolly yet, Coop.
0: Yeah, I knew this was coming though. I knew this, was <laughs> I knew that you gotta work it in.
1: So, I had our archaeology homework is Dolly Parton's new record, Rose Run Rose Run. Um, the more I listen to this record, the more I like it. It's a throwback to sort of her early country bluegrass days. Not a whole lot of synth and jazz guitar on here, which is good, which is sort of what she fell into lately. Um, it's just fun. So, you got Firecracker. Big dreams and faded jeans, snakes in the grass, like just the titles. Like it's just Dolly going having some bluegrass fun, which is nice, which I really like. So, so check that record out.
0: Yeah. You know, Dave, the interesting question I've been getting from people um, was Dolly Parton's announcement that we talked about last time about the Rock and roll fan. Everyone wanted, like, a lot of people hadn't heard the show yet that we did. Mm. Um, and I said, yeah, go check it out because they wanted to know what Dave's reaction was. For Dolly doing this, I think I think they, I said I pretty much I think I summed it up saying you, you respected what she did.
1: Oh, yeah, Dolly um, and you know, I may share the same view of the uh rock and roll,
0: but thing. I think but I think he would still I think he would still be very happy if she gets in because I don't think she was taken off the ballot from everything I saw. So, but yet people no. are asking, I was asked, I went into my cigar store yesterday, got asked, I got asked during the week on it. Uh, actually, last weekend I got asked, I said, yeah, we're gonna be covering it on Monday. So it was uh, a lot of people were asking me about this. Uh, well, I mean.
1: Here's the thing. So it's like, so Johnny Cash is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think he was inducted as like a foundational member or something. Right. Like, would your average person think any more or less of Johnny Cash's musical legacy if they knew what no, he was, no. you know? So it's one of those things that's like, by now, I think your view of Dolly Parton's career is pretty much established. Like, it would be nice, but I don't, I don't think you know, and it goes back to our original question, which is like, why now? Why like, now? She's put out music since like 67. Yeah. Like,
0: what? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely the case for sure. You know, a lot of people were saying they believed that Dolly was very sincere what she did, that this wasn't a political move she was making or a political statement. This was a sincere thing saying, hey, yeah. I don't want to take away from these other nah. artists. And I and I I'm just curious if she is what her what, how if she gets in or not. Because here's the thing. Like, like, I don't know how the ballots went out and if they pulled yeah. her off. If we, Maybe they were paper ballots. Maybe they were electronic. And if they were electronic, did they pull her off it? Again, she's on the fan vote. That's what I'm saying. I don't think she was pulled off of it. So I think,
1: is, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think she may not get in because critics might be like, oh, well, I'll adhere to her. But, what if votes, but
0: the votes may have already been sent in. That's, uh, that's, yeah, like I don't know. People. So that's a big, a big, I think there's still a chance you may see it happen, which is going <sighs> to be very interesting.
1: I think even if she doesn't get in, what they'll do is maybe, maybe even after her death, I don't know, they'll do what they've done for the other ones and they'll just put her in. They'll yeah. just say like, "Oh, she's a foundational."
0: Like they did that with Craftwork last year, you yeah. Craftwork, uh, you know, and they had they had their uh, leader dot that, that you know, um, so they kind of did that. They found a place for Craftwork, which I think was a a good way to do it.
1: I think they'll do that. Yeah. So I think she gets in one way or another. Yep. Um, just because I don't think they could not. Yep. But but like I said, it just it just goes to the heart of the problems Coop and I have with the Hall of Fame, which is like she's put out records since 67. And you're and, and she had great pop crossovers before and you're thinking of it, her first nomination is now? <laughs> like what? It just seems uh, strange
0: yeah I think it's gonna be uh, very very true um, on that um, you know the other thing to note is by the time this show airs uh, the Grammys would have been announced uh, so we like we're recording this the day before um, the, the Grammys and they're
1: having a show yeah like they they're I it. know like yeah
0: I think there's parts of it that are gonna be online or something like that. But there will be there will be a show. So if we're not talking about winners, it's just because this is recording 24 hours beforehand um, on this. So, um,
1: yeah, we'll have to revisit that because we did a prediction show, didn't we? We did a prediction
0: show. So we're going to have to revisit that probably on the next uh, show. I don't know if we'll do a whole show on it, but we'll we'll definitely revisit our thoughts on how it happened. uh, What went down for sure.
1: I said Olivia Rodrigo is going to win like everything.
0: Yeah, I think you said that too. (laughs)
1: So we'll see if that happens. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. All right. Do you want to take us out, Coop? Yep. So thank you to everyone who submitted the dedications, um, first of all. And thanks to our audience who's tuned in this as well. Um, we'll announce next show, next date uh, very soon. So just stay tuned to our social media channels. Get out and vote on the 90s Madness as well. Um, and that tournament's going to continue. And uh, that's going to, again, that's going to wrap up Primetime Jukebox episode 68 into the annals of history for this early April edition. We'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody.